Good morning. Our scripture today is Psalm 138. Please read with me. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. This is the word of the Lord. Well, I have always loved hiking, as far back as I can remember. Even as a kid, I would say yes to friends who asked me to go hiking even before I knew where the hike was going. Fortunately, I had some wise parents who would inquire as to where I was going before they gave me permission, and several times it saved me from some not-so-wise hikes. But I loved exploring and seeing new terrain and new landscapes. My favorite type of hike was, is still, when I can summit some high elevation and then pause at the top to study the earth below. Sometimes I would get up there and I would just sit and look and study the earth down below. I distinctly remember certain places in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado at 14,000 feet, and then some places in the Andes of South America at 17,000 feet where you're trying to catch your breath. And when you reach the top and you look down at the earth below, it feels like you're sitting on top of the world. It's really amazing. And from those summits, as you look down, you notice the places that you came from and walk through with greater clarity. You see why the trail from time to time would twist the way it did and turns in a way that you didn't understand at the time. From that vantage point, you're able to see above the trees, above obstacles, and in some cases you can see for 10, 20, and at one time, 80 Miles, because it was so clear. And at those higher elevations, your perspective of the world changes. It just changes. You simply see things differently, and it takes you to a place of greater appreciation and awe of the land below. And I know that there are many in here who love to hike, so I'm sure there are some who can identify Well, friends, like summiting a mountain, the practice of giving thanks to God, giving thanks to God is designed to impact our perspective of life 
and designed to impact our perspective of God. It changes us. It's a critical habit that takes us to a place of greater appreciation and awe of God. It helps us, it takes us to above the obstacles in our life and the challenges and the twists in the road. Giving thanks strengthens our faith. And it strengthens our faith even in the midst of circumstances, situations, and obstacles. And it strengthens our faith because it forces us to look at the one who is above all other earthly powers, to look to the one who is constantly, faithfully, and sovereignly at work in our good, even in the midst of those circumstances. It's interesting to note, as I did some research this weekend, that the Bible speaks often about the practice of giving thanks to God. I found over a hundred times where it talks about giving thanks to God. Perhaps some of these verses come to mind. Maybe you've even memorized them. For example, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. Yep, Psalm 104. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. 1 Chronicles 16.34. Jesus, of course, was recorded as giving thanks, most notably when he celebrated the Lord's Supper. It's no surprise that the Lord's Supper in Christian history, in many denominations, is called the Eucharist. It's a big liturgical term. It's taken from the Greek, and it's a celebration of giving thanks. So when we do the Lord's Supper, it's a time of giving thanks. And well, it should be, for it represents the greatest of all sacrifices. The greatest of all sacrifices deserves the greatest celebration of thanks. Throughout the history of God's community of people, The practice of giving thanks has been central. And as Christians on this side of the cross, we always, as Bruce referred to, we always have so much for which to be thankful. So, in view of God's awesome demonstration of love for us and the sacrifice of his son on the cross, Christians... We ought to be actively, regularly, and robustly engaged in giving thanks to God. As the cross is the symbol of the Christian, so giving thanks ought to be the key worshipful practice of the Christian. Even as we talked about giving the offering, we give to God in thanks for what he has given to us. But it's a practice without question that ought mark every believer's life. It's no surprise that those who are most mature in the faith are those who most robustly are demonstrative of a heart and life of giving thanks. 
So the central theme of my message this morning is that for believers, recognizing God's work of salvation ought to produce thanksgiving. Recognizing God's work of salvation ought to produce thanksgiving. Now I chose Psalm 138 for three reasons. First is because I felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to speak on this and on this topic and passage. Secondly, because I as a believer carry a deep hope and a desire that my life will be marked by both an attitude and practice of thanksgiving. So I need to hear this. But thirdly, as a pastor, I carry a burden for us as a church that both in our private lives and in our corporate gatherings, that they be marked by the practice and demonstration of deep thankfulness. And as I will say throughout this, this is not a word of correction. To some degree, my message this morning will be different than the normal way that we do typical exposition. It's more in the form of a pastoral admonition and exhortation. And I pray that it will be instruction as well as conviction for this important practice. I broke my message into three questions that I hope will help us to personally evaluate and grow in the practice of thanksgiving. So, the first question that I'm going to ask you, I've been asking myself all week, and that's this. How would you rate yourself in the practice of giving thanks? How would you rate yourself in the practice of giving thanks? Now, before you answer... Let me clarify. Outside of the songs that we sing on Sunday morning. Now, praise God for the songs that we sing on Sunday morning. Thanks be to God. I love our worship, corporate worship together as we sing songs. And they are necessary. And they strengthen my soul. But outside of that dynamic, how would you evaluate your practice of giving regular, verbal, Heartfelt, specific thanks to God for his work of salvation. How would you evaluate your practice of giving regular, verbal? By and large, the vast majority of scriptures speak of giving verbal, not just thought thanks to God. Heartfelt, specific thanks to God for his salvation in your life. I've been asking myself that question this week, and quite frankly, I've been dismayed. And I've been dismayed for two reasons. Firstly, because I realize that it is easy to give thanks when things are good. But it's hard to give thanks and difficult, more difficult, when things aren't going my way. But the scripture teaches we are to give thanks in all circumstances, in all circumstances. Second reason that I've been dismayed is because I realize oftentimes I give thanks to God half-heartedly. Scripture teaches, and we just read and we sang, we give thanks to God with all of our hearts, all of our hearts. 
And so oftentimes I notice that my thanks to God is without consideration of his amazing work of love and sacrifice for me. And it lacks the zeal that it should have. There's other reasons why I was dismayed, but suffice it to say, I realize I need to grow in my practice of giving thanks to God. Perhaps you can identify. Friends, my prayer, my pastoral burden as we look at this topic, is that we as a church would be a people who growingly give thanks to God not based on what is comfortable, not based on what is acceptable, but in a way that calls attention to his awesome greatness and the sacrifice that he is given. Thanksgiving should make much of God. Sometimes the challenge is that we can get in the way. And thanksgiving should come from reflecting upon his great acts of mercy. So may we always seek to grow in the practice of giving thanks. And thanks be to God that he will help us with that. So my first question, how would we rate ourselves? Second question, for what should we give thanks? So let's take a look at Psalm 138. And from this psalm, I would like to submit that there are at least five things that it points out to us for which we should give thanks. And if you think that that's a lot, just two psalms earlier, Psalm 136 had 24 areas. So, first area. Give thanks to God for his unchanging favor towards you. For his unchanging favor towards you. Verse 2 says, I give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and faithfulness. If you are a believer, if you have surrendered your life to Christ and experienced the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit, then God has made an everlasting covenant of promise of extending his love and favor and faithfulness toward you. Praise God for that. Regardless of your performance or your worthiness, God has extended his favor and his covenant promise towards us. That's great news. Thanks be to God. When you wake up with that in the morning as your first thought, it can change your whole day. Give thanks to God for his unchanging favor toward you. Secondly, Give thanks to God because he has made known to you his awesome greatness. If you're a believer here, he has done that. And he's done so by making you his child. Looking at verse 2, it says, I give thanks to your name. That might sound odd, but it goes on to explain that there is no name which is more honored or renowned. And you would not know, I would not know his greatness had he not revealed his greatness to us. And he reveals his greatness to us 
by making us his children and giving us his name. How amazing that we get up and call him Father. Father. By his name, he guarantees his care and his promise. He could not give us a greater guarantee than his name. He has signed it. And as one man said, he signed it with his blood. He's given us his name and his promise. Give thanks to him because he's made known to us his awesome greatness. I love Philippians 2, 9 and 10 that talks about his mighty name. You might know this and it's this. God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Our Lord is above every other God, little g. He's also above every circumstance, everything that can happen to us. God is above that. And we call him Father. And to think that he has made us part of his family is something for which we need to give thanks. Thirdly, we give thanks for prayers answered in the past. Prayers answered in the past. Verse 3 says, On the day I called, you answered. As you look back over your life, I trust that you can see God's hand in numerous places coming to your rescue, answering your prayers. Friends, it's important that we recall those answered prayers and we give thanks for them. It does good to recount the goodness of God. Amen? It does good to recount the goodness of God. A friend recently shared with me that on a fishing trip that he spent with his friends, much of their time was spent in recounting things that God had done. And he said his soul came back refreshed. Not because he caught lots of fish, so that was a good part of it. But because they shared about the goodness of God. I invite you to look back over the history of your own life for just a moment. As you do, can you not recall times when he has been faithful? When he has answered prayers? When he has helped you? If I could take this microphone and walk around the room, everybody in here, I dare say, would have something to say. I love in November around Thanksgiving when we open up the mic and people come forward and stream forward and they just share what God has done. That's appropriate. It is good for us to share what God has done for prayers answered. It helps us to keep in front of us God's promise to help us. Give thanks for prayers answered. Fourthly, give thanks to God for his present Abiding tender mercy. Present abiding tender mercy. Look at verses 6 and 7. I love these. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. 
You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me. Do you know that the deliverance of God for your life is personal? It comes from him. He doesn't deploy some emissary. He does it of his own because he loves you. We give thanks to God for his tender mercy, especially when we are weak, especially when we're broken. We never have to impress God. We never have to work to somehow get his attention. What gets God's attention is a humble and contrite heart. When we're weak, we come to him for strength. And thanks be to God that we have a God who stoops down to pick us up. Who stoops down to lift us up of our sickbed, as it were. To help us when we can't help ourselves. God helps those who cannot. Conversely, those who have it all together... Those who arrogantly disregard the truth of God, who are more concerned about their fame, their life, than God's name and God's glory, Scripture says here that he knows from afar. In essence, he distances himself from them. Thanks be to God that he promises to help those who are humble, who ask him for help, especially when we're in trouble. Time and time and time again, he comes to our rescue and he never tires. He never says, oh, again, Chris, are you in trouble? How many times have you asked me for help in that area? Again, never. That's not our Lord. He loves to demonstrate his power. He loves to show his goodness. That's the Lord we serve. And when we turn in thanksgiving to him, it reminds us of his character. So let me ask you, for you right now, where right now might you need that help? Where might you need him to come to your rescue? What comes to mind? The next time that you are tempted to worry about that thing, which is probably now, I encourage you to meet that prayer of concern with a prayer of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving that he promises to help you in that. Begin your times of prayer with thanksgiving. The scripture teaches, I will enter your gates with thanksgiving. Reminds us of his promise to be there. Friends, the practice of prayer, of thanksgiving, really will alter our perception of God and of his purposes and of his plan for us. We're called to practice that for our good, but giving thanks to God is something that we must put on and practice. So fourthly, we give thanks to God for his present, abiding, tender Mercies, And lastly, we give thanks to God for his promised future blessing. Verse 8 says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. So when I am tempted to think and when you are tempted to think, will God help me? Let me say this. 
the Lord will fulfill his purpose for you. What am I going to stand on? The Lord will fulfill his purpose for you. What's your challenge? What lies ahead? Let me promise you this. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for you. It's good to remember that. I give thanks that, Lord, you are working out your purposes and plan in my life. He will fulfill his purposes for us. This is a promise of future blessing. And by the way, it doesn't depend upon our ability or our strength. Thanks be to God. It depends upon his faithfulness. And it comes not from my worthiness, but from my relationship with Christ. Praise God for that. Friends, we don't know the future. At times we fear the future. But as we give thanks to God, it will remind us that God is already in the future and he controls the future. And his promise is to be there. And what he has for us in the future is his favor his grace, and his help. It is a glorious celebration to remember that our future, our inheritance is sure based upon his promise. He guarantees it with his name. So the practice of giving thanks helps us to remember the power of God, God's ability, God's grace, that he's guiding us, that he's with us. Giving thanks will help us turn fear to faith, which honors the Lord. It also reminds us that we are saved for his glory. We're saved by the work of his hands. It's not of our own doing. So friends, as you engage these five areas of thanksgiving... Let me encourage you to do this. Turn your attention away from you. Turn your attention away from your challenges and difficulties for a moment. And raise your eyes in faith to the one who is high and lofty and yet will come to your help. And for whom nothing is impossible. Amen? Amen. Give thanks. Give thanks, first of all, as you consider those things for which you pray. Remind yourself of what he has done in the past for you. Think about the way he has answered prayers, and it will help you as you pray to trust him. I take my third and concluding question from the Apostle Peter in a manner of speaking. My third question is this. In light of God's goodness to us, what manner of thankful person ought we to be? What manner of thankful person ought we to be? In fact, in the light that God has heard our prayer for help, saved us, promised us salvation and faith, what should be our response? In light of the fact that he's holding your future, in light of the fact that he will fulfill his purpose. In light of the fact 
that he's demonstrated to us his amazing grace when we were the ones for which he died because of our sin, and yet he has brought us into his family. What should be our response? How should we give thanks? Well, the psalmist tells us here at the beginning of Psalm 138, he says, I will give thanks with all my heart. That's a reference for not just intellectual, though it involves the mind, but it also involves the will. It involves the emotion as we give thanks. It ought consume us and captivate us as we give thanks. The Apostle Paul teaches us that I give thanks in all circumstances, good times and bad. There is something of spiritual growth when you give thanks during times of challenge. Finally, how should we give thanks? I'm going to take cues from our Dr. Luke from Luke 17. Luke 17 passage says this. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Now, time doesn't permit, but Jesus radically changed the life of these lepers. Changed their life, he changed their health, he changed their social standing and the future that they had before them. It was an unbelievable, significant act of mercy and love to them. I can only imagine how these 10 must have felt and thought. I can only imagine that it was probably something that gave them a completely new joy, completely new outlook, something that they wanted probably to tell their friends. I imagine it was hard for them to stop thinking about it. Wow, I am healed. And yet while they all thought about it probably, only one returned to Jesus to give him thanks. I want to be like that one. I don't want just to think about it. I want to express to Jesus my thanks for what he has done. There's much more to this story. Again, time does not permit. But what I want to point out, that in light of the mercy of the grace of Christ, our lives ought to be pursuant of giving him thanks. Amen? On a regular basis, pursuing, giving to him our verbal 
heartfelt appreciation for the work that he has done in our lives. Friends, we are saved for a purpose. It is for his glory, his honor, not our own. We're called to declare, we're called to demonstrate thankfulness in our lives for his work. So, may I ask that we please take inventory of our practice of giving thanks. Friends, again, as I said at the beginning, this is not a word of correction. This is a word simply of pastoral admonition in a practice that is critical by God's word for us to practice in. Let's give regular attention to the practice of giving thanks. And ultimately, as we do, it serves us. Amen? It serves us to grow. And ultimately, the only evaluation that really matters is the Lord's evaluation. And we go to him. My request is that we prioritize this. Also, I am aware that there are many for whom the giving of thanks is a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving because many give it out of chronic illness, sickness, pain, and difficulty. And yet they give thanks to God, trusting that God is there for them as he is. I deeply respect you. Thank you for your example. However, even in our deepest trial, even in our deepest grief, our circumstances do not minimize his worthiness. Nor do they minimize his ability to help us in the midst of those. He's worthy of our praise and he promises to be near. Also, practically, may I suggest that in private, in our quiet times, in our times of devotion, let's make every effort to regularly call to mind and meditate upon his abundant faithfulness abundant faithfulness, and to include times where we declare to the Lord in prayer thanksgiving for what he has done, that we purposefully share that with the Lord. I found as I sought to do that this week in the midst of everything that was coming on my plate, as I paused to just give thanks for that, I found God's peace and help for which I could only give him thanks for that. Why don't I do that more? As we gather corporately also, may I encourage us to consider the worship and giving of thanks ought demonstrate our belief in the greatness of who he, he is. As we come together, as we corporately worship, our thanksgiving is to reflect his greatness. That we be more concerned about Worship, thanking the Lord, and those things that vie for our attention at home, at work, at the office, those things that are our responsibility and yet can distract us from giving thanks and giving our whole heart. So as we come together, let's prioritize 
focus his greatness and his glory, which he is due. Finally, friends, I want to thank you. Thank you for being a congregation that loves to worship. I love to come together. As pastors, when we come together, that is one of our comments where we love Sunday morning, where we come and people are giving thanks to God. Thank you for your boldness, your desire to express to God your thanksgiving. Thank you that it's a priority for you. Thank you that it's something that you give your lives to. This message is just an encouragement that we do it all the more. And as we close today, I want to read a prayer from the Valley of Vision. This book's getting a lot of press today. It's a good book. Pray with me. Oh my God, thou fairest, greatest, first of all objects, my heart admires, adores, loves thee. When I think upon and converse with thee, 10,000 delightful thoughts spring up. 10,000 sources of pleasure are unsealed. 10,000 refreshing joys spread over my heart. I thank you for the soul that you have created, for adorning it, sanctifying it, though it is fixed in barren soil. I thank you for the body thou hast given me, for preserving its strength and vigor, for providing senses to enjoy, for the ease and freedom of my limbs, for hands, eyes, and ears that do thy bidding, for thy royal bounty providing my daily support, for a full table and overflowing cup, for appetite, taste, sweetness, for social joys of relatives and friends, for ability to serve others, for a heart that feels sorrows and necessities, for a mind to care for my fellow men, for opportunities of spreading happiness around, for loved ones in the joys of heaven, for my own expectation of seeing thee clearly. I love thee above the powers of language to express for what thou art to thy creatures. Increase my love and thanksgiving, O oh my God, through time and eternity. Amen.